Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week it's a continuation from episode number 33. We're going to be going back to basics, we're going to be picking up from where we left off with the Bronze Age. So join me on episode number 35 of the Scottish History Podcast to find out more. So first of all, folks, before we start, I do apologise if you do hear any background noise in this particular episode. That's because I'm not filming it at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. I am filming this at about 6pm. So there is a little rush hour going on outside at the moment with buses and cars, etc. So please bear with me while uh, we get through the episode. So again, we're going to be continuing on from where we left off with episode number 33. We got up to about the Bronze Age there. So we're just going to continue on from there. So the Bronze Age in Scotland lasted between 2500 and 750 BC, with the introduction of smelting metals and of course creating bronze. More warrior types start to arrive from Central Europe, for example from the Netherlands and the Alp regions. With them, they bring beaker-shaped pottery and bronze items. After they arrive, they start to slowly take control of the farming communities. These new settlers are warriors and are very rich and proud of their possessions. This is shown as these peoples are buried individually in pits or in stone chests called cysts, and alongside them their pottery and expensive possessions are buried along with them. In 2200 BC, what has become known as the Migdale Horde in Sutherland is buried. It is a cache of bronze axes, a bronze bead necklace, bronze bracelets, bronze anklets, bronze earrings and even bronze armour plates. Elsewhere, other Bronze Age burial sites were found with jewellery made from amber and jet stone from England. And around 1225 BC, a Stone Age warrior was buried alongside his wagon, the first known wheeled type of transport in Scotland. In South Uist, another type of burial was discovered 
whereby the dead were placed into a peat bog for a time and their mummified bodies were buried under the floor of a Bronze Age house. These became Britain's only known example of prehistoric mummies. In 1159 BC, the Helkla volcano in Iceland erupts, which was even heard in Scotland at the time. The gas and ash from this eruption was strong enough to block the sun from Scotland for 20 years. From this point, Scotland's weather and people started to suffer. It grows colder and wetter. Crops begin to die and the animals start to follow suit. It is believed at this time that around half of the population of the land known as Scotland now dies during this time as a result. During this time, less tools are made. However, more weapons were made in increasing numbers indicating a period of unrest within the land. By 1000 BC, the weather has improved and by studying fossiled human poo, uh, known as coprolites, we discover that Shetland farmers had a diet of grains, fish, lamb and wild berries. Further south along the coast and on the islands, the diets consisted of venison, oysters, crab and salmon. A lot of this would nowadays be considered quite an expensive diet, so lucky them. By 750 BC, tensions once again are rising. These are rising between rival chiefs and hostile tribes. This forces the peaceful settlers to build new homes in the guises of hill forts, crannogs, brochs and duns. Hill forts are simply just forts built on top of hills with ramparts that were made from earth. Eildon Hill near Melrose was one of the largest ever discovered and could shelter between three to 6,000 people with most tribes consisting of between 600 and 1,200 separate families. Cranogs are very impressive round wooden houses built in the middle of bogs and lakes creating sort of artificial islands in a way, with the house being elevated on large wooden legs. Access to the Cranogs was gained either by a raised bridge, again built on sort of stilts, or just by boat. The brochs are tall, round stone houses set out over several floors, mainly built by what better-to-do families as almost status symbols, However, they did provide shelter during war times. One of the best examples of a broch is in Shetland. The broch of Musa, M-O-U-S-A. The broch of Musa, built around 100 BC, stands over 13 metres or 43 feet high. And lastly, duns. Duns are naturally near cliffs, so are naturally well defended. Walls and fences were erected as further fortification. Sometimes large fires were lit either side of the stone wall to fuse the stones together and therefore strengthen their defensiveness. And it is around about this time that we start to see the Celts arrive in Scotland. The Celts were people from numerous parts of Europe and people that followed a similar way of life. Contrary to popular belief, Celts were not a race, nor were they an ethnic group. 
DNA evidence has shown that Celtic peoples have several different sets of ancestors. So very slowly this Celtic lifestyle starts to spread into Scotland. New languages, new ideas and religious beliefs start to creep in. Once again in Orkney, pottery from the Mediterranean has been found that was brought over here by these European Celts. Now staying around 750 BC for a while longer, this is now the beginning of the Iron Age. With iron being harder, tougher and more dangerous than bronze, and with the fact that the new iron weapons were made more deadly. The Celtic warriors that have arrived are also equipped with fast war chariots. The remains of one discovered just outside of Edinburgh, at a place called Newbridge, became the oldest Scottish chariot ever found, dating from 400 BC. During this time, the Celts settle into a farming lifestyle and fighting only when they really have to. They build large farmhouses and stables from the nearby wood from the nearby forests. What's strange though is that all of these buildings are round. Now it's not strange as such because most of the buildings that were around before then were all round. But you would start to think that with wood it's easier to build things square, but... The Celts also believed that a creature's spirit lived within its skull, so it was not uncommon to see the head of a horse or even that of a Celt's mortal enemy's skull placed above the doorway for good luck. Imagine that. Now if no trees were available to build any of the houses, for example like on the Hebridean Islands, instead you would have to use turf and stone to build their homes. In 100 BC, Scotland's first industrial city starts to grow at Inverness. The city grows with large furnaces starting to make iron and bronze jewellery and, of course, weapons. From here, a lot is exported elsewhere in trade deals. This continues until at least 300 AD. Further north, once again, on Orkney. Badgers and foxes are taken from the mainland to form what is essentially a fur farm. For the next 2,000 years, badgers in particular were used to make trims for clothes and of course from the mid-18th century onwards, badger faces were used to make the sporrins on kilts. Now the kilts, uh, I'm sure, are someone that uh, are, are people that... A lot of you will have been tuning in waiting to hear about, so here's just a little bit more about them. Uh, the Celts themselves would hold traditional festivals to celebrate the beginning of each season. Uh, the first one really of the year is Beltane. Beltane falls on the 1st of May and it celebrates warmth, light and life. The next festival is known as Luasa on the 1st of August and that celebrates the beginning of the harvest. The next one is Sawin, which is on the 1st of November. It's the festival of winter, death and darkness. This has now essentially become Halloween. Now if you want to hear a little bit more about that and you're new to this particular podcast, if you go back to episode number 31, I think it is, 31, 32, which is my part one of a two-part series that I did with the guys over at Thistle Do Nicely, um, which is a great podcast if you haven't listened to that yet. 
um, which is all about Halloween. So there's two specific Halloween episodes. Um, I highly suggest that you go back and listen to them if you haven't already. And the last festival is Imbol, which uh, happens on the 1st of February. And this is basically uh, to celebrate the beginning of the springtime. Now all of these dates here, they remained important and were celebrated for over 2,000 years. However, nowadays they have become mostly Christian festivals and their true meanings have now been forgotten. So folks, that takes us up to the point where we start to meet the Romans. And that is where I'm going to leave this episode uh, until, of course, next week. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to rate the podcast and share the podcast with your friends or on any Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, etc. Just share it to anybody that you think might be interested in this sort of podcast. Uh, So far, the listener numbers have been increasing almost every week. We're almost at 1,000 listeners uh, per day on a release day, which of course is normally on a Sunday. do apologise for the tardiness of this one. Uh, That's due to the fact I'm off my work this week. Uh, Normally I work night shift, so I'm just trying to get myself back into a daytime routine. Um, I've also been upgrading my studio a little bit, so I might... uh, post a wee video uh, in the next uh, few days showing you exactly how I record these podcasts and everything that sort of goes into it so um, might not be much to people but you know four hours or so it takes just to do a 15-20 minute long episode so it's good fun. Um, So yeah um, please continue to support the podcast in any way you can catch up with me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod on Twitter at Scott History Pod. Alternatively, go to my website, which is www.scotthistorypod.com. Uh, you can send me a message through there. You can send me a message through any of the social medias as well. But if you want to get in touch with me uh, almost directly in a way, uh, just scotthistorypod at gmail.com should do. And finally, the last thing, if you do wish to support the podcast in another way, you can do so via the Patreon page. Uh, Patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash Scott History Pod. And on there you can donate uh, £1 or £3 per month to the podcast just to help with the running costs and of course all of the other things that are incurred within a podcast. So folks, once again, thank you very much for listening. Please, once again, share this podcast. Please like it and share it and uh, leave me a little review. I'd like to find out who left the one-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts without leaving a reason as to why. Um, I do like to know why so that I can change things so that you might enjoy it. Um, But yeah... Uh, all good fun so uh, once again folks thank you very much take care and I will see you again next week
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.